Season 21, episode 15 of Happy Jack's Up Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. Hey, I'm Mac. I'm Stork. And we're back. Yeah, here we are. Here Hi. we are again. <laughs> In this episode it's been of... nine years and we still can't believe we're here. Did your switch on? I know. God damn it. Yes, it's been nine years and we can't imagine that we're still here every week. No. Every week we're like, oh look, we're back. <laughs> we made it through another week. I'm sure some weeks so it's... Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe people are still listening after nine yeah. years. It's and astonishing. Oh, I show up to this and I'm Well, like, some of them aren't. What? Yes. <laughs> I was just about to say, I'm like, uh, well, about that point you were making. <laughs> In this episode, we're going to discuss languages and RPGs. Erica sends a question about what direction to go in her Dragon Age game. Nice. And Dungeon Master Dan sends us a confession. Confession. But first... If you'd like to email First. us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at, <laughs> happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're also on social media. Happyjacksrpg. All one word. All of it. Well, three of them. <laughs> three of the words all put together. Facebook. No, it's like, th- it's like three, a German word. Three social meteors. Okay. Facebook, yes. Instagrams, uh-huh. and the Twitters. Yes. And that's it. Yes. Just those three. If you'd like to watch the show live, you can do so at happyjex.org slash live. And we stream the show on Fridays at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, I wish you guys could see like the amazing grin on Stu's face. It's a little <laughs> awkward and super creepy. I'm, I'm, I like it. I'm very happy that we're doing it at 7 and not 8. because yes. Sleep. Well, yeah, yeah, fair. And by, by the way, the 50 Renaissance Pleasure Fair is going on in Irwindale, <laughs> California right now. You can go to renfairnoe.com slash SoCal to find out information about that. People are going to Google renfairnoe.com. Right. Right. And they're going to be like, so sleep, sleep, can you explain what sleep is to me? I've heard of it. I don't know. Okay. Stork? It's that brief period of time when you lose consciousness between work days. Yes. Oh, I thought that would only happen when I drink too much. <laughs> well, that's how you sleep. <laughs> You mean the thing that happens in my car in traffic? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's you the know, best place to have it. Once I got a CPAP machine, I stopped falling asleep when driving. Yeah. That's good. I used to fall asleep at stoplights. Yeah. I'm like, I can rest my eyes. <laughs> oh, God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the road's sitting straight. I'm sitting. I'm, I might as well just like, rest my eyes for <laughs> half an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so there's that. Also, you've got a, you've got a thing going. Yes, about yes. I... I don't know why I'm still able to talk or do anything at this point. I have been working diligently on a project that some of you may have heard about last year. Uh, It is Typecast. It's a web series. We have relaunched with an Indiegogo campaign because sometimes you try the first time and things do not work out. And the Kickstarter was not where we needed it to be. For those that missed it, it is a web series that follows the trials and tribulations of three struggling actors in Hollywood. They are trying to break out of their typecasting. Uh, monster movies, sci-fi movies. Uh, they're literally monsters. Well, I was going to say, why would they be typecast doing monster movies? Yeah, so we've got like a character who would be a Benedict Cumberbatch level thespian, except he looks like an unspeakable horror, so he can't seem to get out of that. But we are running an Indiegogo. It's going through till May 11th, and uh, honestly, we need all the help we can get. We've got great rewards for our backers, and 
Uh, money is good, but hey, share it out. Algorithms are a bitch. So the more we get it shared, the more likely people will see it. And you can see it by going to bit.ly, which is bit.ly slash typecast go-go, which has <coughs> nothing to do with go-go dancing and everything to do with helping us make monsters. Excellent. And it's a series that you're going for, too, not yep. just a one-off. Yeah, it is a first season, uh, eight episodes. Nice. Ambitious. With actual practical monster effects, right. too. Yay. That's part of, the, that's part of lighting, the fundraising. Craft service, the whole, the whole shebang, the whole, yep. whole professional thing. Yeah, and we did, a, uh, we did a proof of concept that's on there. We did out of pocket, and we shot a faux breakfast cereal commercial for my character, Abby, who is the mascot for Full Moon Flakes, and then has perhaps a Christian Bale epic-level meltdown. Oh. So go to the site, watch it. Oh, it's awesome. ridiculous. <laughs> the, uh, the cereal box is, is awesome. Yeah, and it's a full cereal box. Yeah, we had it all designed, all in jokes, that's and that's awesome. one of the rewards is people can get a PDF of it so they can download and make their own cereal box. <laughs> <laughs> that's it makes amazing. a really fun little paper craft box, too. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. It's like an activity book. Excellent. Yes. What's the URL of that again? It's bit.ly. It's B-I-T dot L-Y slash typecast go-go. Nice. Typecast go-go. Fabulous. Okay. Send that link to me and I'll put it in the show notes. Yes, I can do that. Okay. Um, our first topic, or our topic. <laughs> and this is, I realize that there's, this is something that when I'm, when I'm running games, mm-hmm. I really, I tend to gloss over this kind of thing. Uh-oh. And that is languages. Yeah, I was really curious yeah. about this topic for tonight. I, I, only a couple of times have ever really dealt with it. And I realize that that's kind of a, kind of missing an opportunity. Because there's a lot of potential dramatic events that can happen when there's a language barrier between let's I mean especially when you have games where there's a it's an exploratory game it's like okay we're we're in this kingdom and we need to go over the, that way over the hills and find something well mm-hmm. if 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 there's significant isolation even if at one point the people's on either side of that mountain range spoke the same language in a medieval setting especially after a dozen generations, language will drift enough where mm-hmm. they're either going to have a significant accent and might not be easy to understand, or it may have changed entirely. I mean, if you look at, you know, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of years here, but if we talk, look at Old English, Middle English, and Modern English, right. they're dramatically different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you can kind of make out a little bit of Middle English, mm-hmm. but Old, Old English, English? Nope. like the original Beowulf? Yeah. Unless you speak German and I don't even. But if you speak, hard. if you speak, even if you speak German, it's not German. Mm-mm. No, it's something that to our sounds like German. But Germans would probably listen to Old English and go, "No, that's not German." Yeah, <laughs> it, there, you sometimes can figure out like individual words. Sometimes, but, yeah, yeah, but not usually. Mm-hmm. But and I and I realize that there's a lot of stuff that can be done in game to sort of complicate or make a more interesting story. With having that language barrier, yeah, I've always kind of glossed over it because I've never considered it part of the story, which I think is a mistake. Because I, I think it can be part of the story. It can it be it be a layer of complication on what the characters are doing, especially if they're in a situation where maybe they're representing a, a monarch or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a almost like a diplomatic mission. Oh yeah, yeah. that could be horrific. Yeah. if someone takes something the wrong way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm kind of sad I haven't really thought about in using this very much because I love fucking with my players, and this seems like the best possible way to do that. Oh, yeah. But it also depends on the setting, because so some games, maybe not so much. Like, when I was running Razor Ridge, I don't feel like yeah. that would have come up necessarily unless they were heading down south. Mm-hmm. But if they had, that would have been a really interesting thing to throw up there. Sure. It's like, all right, who speaks Spanish? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, one of, the, one of the things I was thinking about is the fact that if the party is all English-speaking people, mm-hmm. in, in Razor Ridge, for example, mm-hmm. maybe there's an Indian tribe and they have their ancient language that no one speaks. And when they want to talk amongst themselves and don't want to be overheard by the party, suddenly they're going to switch to a different language. And Mac it's like, takes notes right? for season <laughs> two. <laughs> well, but, but that actually <coughs> is, is baked into D&D. There was common. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Elvish, Dwarvish, Gnomish, Orcish. Underworld yeah, but or whatever. And, and I would use that occasionally. Like the elves would all go amongst and talk amongst themselves in Elvish. And anybody speak Elvish? Uh, no. Yeah, it comes up a lot more in D&D because the system's built for that. Well, and they, they did address it originally because you could take that other language as part of your racial language or native mm-hmm. language. Right. I feel like one of the big problems with that, though, is it's it sort of like set the die <coughs> for... Not die like die, but you know what I mean. Die. Set the die ah, um, for... <laughs> other RPGs to do language wrong. Because I don't think that D&D does language right at all. It pisses me off. Because like we were saying a second ago, language is regional. It's not racial. Right. And D&D, it's like, oh, all the elves speak Elvish. It's like, mm, okay, they probably would start that way, but eventually there'd probably be many dialects, like in Tolkien. I was about there's, to say. You know, you have Sindarin, there's the Noldar who speak, you know, you've got Quenya, you've got all these things that are all these different languages uh, of Elvish, some of which I speak, some of which don't. Um, Can we get a sampling of that, please? Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Says, Hello, I'm, I'm my a, friend. I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know Quenya more than the other ones, but um, that's the high Elvish. But uh, it's because as the elves move around through history, their language develops with them, and they actually branch into multiple races and things like that. So D and D is like painting all elves with run, one brush. While I can see the purpose it starts with, like you, like if you really want to get into it, it, it's much more interesting if it gets deeper than that. If there's more flavor. Do you speak this regional dialect of Orcish specifically on your character sheet? No. Okay. Right. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, and and also it's like there's and it, they may speak the basic language. But they may not know certain slang words. Right. Um, I think one really great example of this, um, because I'm binge watching it right now, is the Expanse. Mm-hmm. Because the Expanse, you know, humans have <coughs> gone through the solar system, and there's Earth, there's Mars, and then there's the Belters. And the Belters have been out in the belts for so many generations that their bodies have changed, and they speak with a very heavy accent that you can kind of understand and sometimes and you it's, can't. Well, and it's also an amalgamation of more than one language. Yeah. It's, it, it's sort of like a... Esperanto? Uh, no, it, no. It's... A, it's it's th- There's some Spanish in it mm-hmm. that you, if have, reading it you can kind of see oh, that probably came from a Spanish word or yeah. some, some other Latin-based language mm-hmm. and things like that. And, but yeah, it, and and I mean they've they've been out there. We don't. I don't know if they say in the they say generations. Series. It's sort right. of right. It's been a, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, and um, and that re, and the, and that language really reflects their culture because they're a bunch of people who were like, our life on Earth sucks. We're going to go out into the asteroids and try to survive there, mm-hmm. mining water. 
because people need water, and we'll just kind of hope that they'll give us food in return for it. Yeah. Which sometimes they do. Yeah. And 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 it was that it it was people in different segments of society who decided to go up there and do that, and all those people end up clumping together, and that's one of the reasons that language is such an amalgamation. Yeah. Is because there might be people who speak Spanish, and people who speak English, and people who speak Chinese, and yeah. people all kinds of different languages, all coming together, so they're borrowing slang terms from each other. It's kind of like uh, what happened in um, uh, Firefly. Yeah, exactly. similar. Everyone cusses yeah. in, in Mandarin. Yeah, or I think it's Mandarin. Yeah, because of the generation shifts right. and TV censors. Yeah. Right. That's yes. yes. <laughs> Blade Runner had the same thing. Gaff comes up speaking the street language. He goes, "I know it. Every good cop did." Which one of the things that pissed me off about the sequel is that all of a sudden he's in the retirement home speaking perfectly good English. Spoilers. <laughs> There's a lot of things that piss me off about the sequel. Me too. Right. Me too. <laughs> get me started. Yeah. Uh, I, I I agree with you, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. That <coughs> yes, they could they could definitely. But what we're really, first of all, I love languages. Mm-hmm. I love playing with language. I love puns, and I love I, I love the study of language and the evolution of language and where words come from. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're really talking about, though, are like regional dialects, uh, uh, which is a much more interesting thing, I guess, to talk about than say like here in here in L.A. If somebody doesn't want to be understood, they just t- speak Spanish to somebody else, and there's other people who go, I don't know what you guys are talking about. You we guys are talking about me, me aren't, aren't you? you? <laughs> which is the equivalent of like. <laughs> Your half elf ranger talking right. to the elven queen, and then the rest of the party doesn't know what's going on. That's not very interesting. That's really kind of the only way languages are used in D anD. d Is it's sort of a code that you got you can talk and nobody oh yeah, else can well there, there's it. thieves can't or whatever they call right. it. Yeah. What is more interesting is the dialects and such, and that and that then brings up the, the communication problems. I mean, for, take for example, even in England, they're speaking English, but the Cockney thick Cockney accent yeah. and a high British accent are almost completely different. You can you cannot understand. One from the other side. Are these even the same language? I think you guys are both speaking English. It it does bring up an interesting thing about communication, which might make an interesting, you know, if you run into a, a group of isolated humans or isolated elves, they speak a completely different language, and now now part of the adventure is just trying not to die because you guys are not being misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, not say saying something that's inadvertently insulting. Right. <laughs> well, and there's just so many ways to use it. Like it doesn't even have to be a thing to throw off the party. It can be something that is a clue for the party. Mm-hmm. If someone walks up and you notice, oh, these two people who completely don't know, who are pretending not to know each other, both have almost the exact same accent that show that they're from, like, probably a very similar region. Maybe and it's far from here. And it's right? far from here. Maybe it's an in- maybe that's the thing. Maybe it is coincidence, but maybe they do know each other. Why right. are they pretending not to know each other? You can use it as things to help the party, too, rather mm-hmm. than just things to, like, as, like, speed bumps and stuff to throw in their way. Yeah. Well, and it's fun to play with it, too, when it's not even, like, a real language, because we ran into that with, like, uh, when we were playing Vampire, which was always really fun, where it's like, all right, who can actually fucking talk to the dolphins? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or you had the one, and there was, like, the snidely whiplash things, were going, Meh, and it was yeah. like, that was their <laughs> language? Yeah. And, like, even that kind of stuff, though, even though it's not as as grandiose as some of these other Absolutely. things, it's super fun to throw at people. I remember I was running... Um, Phoenix Song Command, and there was a creature just came up, and there was like, and this one person decided they were going to talk to it. Nice. And it just ended up evolving into this weird little thing. So there's so many layers that language can add. Mm -hmm. So it it definitely makes me want to incorporate it more in future games. Absolutely. And and one one of the opportunities it gives you, if you do, I mean, almost every game system has at least some sort of mechanic for languages, how many you can learn, Mm -hmm. and what or what exists, or whatever. And and if you have a player who you know maybe is a, a newer player who's 
you're having trouble getting them sort of into the swing of things, mm-hmm. you can suggest to them when they're making their character, why don't you take this language? <gasps> nice. And then we sail across the sea and come to a small island, and lo and behold, there's only one person in the party that can speak to these people directly. Yes. So they have to act as translator. Yeah, and they're suddenly given a really great spotlight. Exactly. That, isn't also, that also has a purpose and a direction that isn't... Like them, oh, you have to, you know, it, it, there's a reason that it's there that they can figure out fairly easily. Right. Like, it's not like, you are the one, do what you want. It's like, oh, God, there's so much stuff. It's like, this is a thing. I grew Neo, up on this island chosen. when yeah. I was little. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Um, why do you think, and I think you were saying earlier, Stu, that you, this is something you kind of avoid sometimes? I normally have avoided it because I've never really considered it to be part of the story. I've mm-hmm. always considered the story to be the events that are unfolding rather than the journey of the events that are... I mean, I, I've, I've, I've always sort of, I think wrong, wrong, wrongly, discounted it as a um, one of the, the, the points of the journey through the story. Mm-hmm. And I think um, and I think that it, it can absolutely be part of that. Um, and it can be a, a constant, perpetual part of that, mm-hmm. that it's constantly fraught with danger, mm-hmm. especially if you're dealing with people who you don't... Let's say you're in some, bar, some barbaric culture where it, they're uber-violent, and or yeah. you, know, you get picked up, you're, 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 you're on a, adrift on a, on, a, on a ship, and pirates from another country come and pick you up and bring you on board. Mm-hmm. They're not treating you bad, but you watch them when they're dealing with each other, and they're horribly violent to each other. Right. Are you their guests, so they're treating you better, or are, are you just you just haven't said anything to piss them off yet, so they're leaving you alone? And there's you know th- there can be this sort of like pervasive unease mm-hmm. about w- when is the shit going to hit the fan? When are, is one of us going to say something that gets construed incorrectly? Yeah, maybe when we're trying to learn the language. Yeah, <clears throat> and and I think that um, and that's I, I think it, it's sort of a shame. To not have that element in it and hand wave it. Yeah. The other th- the other thing um, that uh, I, I I have done in the past. I think I did in the Gerbs game at one point. There was a I had an NPC who spoke <coughs> who spoke whatever the local language is, and no one in the party spoke it. Mm-hmm. So that they suddenly became very dependent on this NPC. And then the NPC gets in danger. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh no, we have to save this person. <laughs> this is the only way we can tell these people when we're hungry. Yeah. Or where the bathroom is. <laughs> and and I mean and that it just it provides a lot of leverage in a lot of different ways, I think, to a, to steer the story in very unexpected directions. Mm-hmm. Especially when, when, when players are gonna say, Well I wanna tr- can I try to make an intelligence role to <laughs> explain to them that I wanna that this is what I want to do. You know, I don't you know don't speak the language whatsoever, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pantomime it or whatever and maybe use parts of words that I've picked up here and there and go yeah, go ahead and make a roll. Oh I rolled a one. Mm. Okay. Great. You know? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> that sort of Game thing. Game time. Yes. Right. <laughs> I feel oh go ahead. It can make an interesting um, this ad or, or such for characters mm-hmm. as well. I mean, look at Lilu. Yeah. Fifth element. Multipass. Right? Slowly learning the language through the through the course of right. the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because originally she starts out with all this gibberish <coughs> and he's, he's all b- b- trying to communicate. But even even like Chewbacca, who who has a language of his own, he just doesn't have the vocal cords to speak English, is still, you know, and somebody can understand him. There's always that kind of fun element about having 
uh, somebody that's speaking a different language around, and you know, they're either frustrated. People are like, "What did he say? What's he, get this walking carpet right. out of my way!" And che- Chewie's like, "Remember, it's like, boy, you said it, Chewie." Mm-hmm. You know, that's that can be a lot of fun to to explore. Now, what do you think? Just because now I'm thinking about this, uh, you know, it's it's all in terms of throwing things up for the players. But what about inviting one of the players in a game to perhaps speak a different language starting out from the rest of the party and see where that goes? That could be really interesting, too. That's kind of what Stork is doing in the L5R game, because his character is mute. Well, did. Spoilers. Spoilers. His character is mute uh, and spoke some sort of sign language from his clan. Bold move, sir. And I got a lot of flack for it. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's because you're the most verbose player. <laughs> and you were you playing a mute. Characters, the chat room may like. not be talking about that exact thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of like everybody wants a mute person to be not be not be able to communicate at all. Which when I actually read the paragraph in the L5R mm-hmm. book says that they're intelligent and can communicate and they 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 do very well. There's nothing about and it, it, you don't get any more points for being mute than you would be for for having a having a, a missing you know. Fingernail. It's the same amount of well, points you got. Off. I think fingernail maybe. In GURPS, it must be a much bigger disad. But, but, really but the point like being, it's uh, it, it depends it, it, on whose fingernail it is. If it's our right. fingernails is totally different, especially oh, yeah. yours. Yeah, <laughs> you have a major disad if you're missing a fingernail. <laughs> I was the other day, but I have a lady for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think and I think you handled it well. Like, I mean, that I think it also like. The, the way you used the, the sign language and the way you used like, your chalkboard and stuff like that, I think those are really great things that you can, in some ways, start incorporating into... I mean, we see that in, in alien movies all the time, like The Arrival. If you haven't seen it, it's interesting and weird, but um, like they slowly are finding ways to communicate with this alien race, and it usually starts, I and mean, we've seen it like in Contact and things like that, it starts with numbers. Right. Because mm-hmm. numbers are kind of universal. So, you know, Stork finding, you know, his ways to communicate with the party with, you know, his friend knowing his sign language and then like writing, finding those common elements that they can communicate with other people Mm -hmm. can also be a really great challenge, like better than a puzzle in a dungeon. And it's, you know, (laughs) good. And it's important to learn because sometimes they carry a book that says to serve man on it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. It's a cookbook. Yes. (laughs) Has anyone seen Arrival? It's awesome. Has has anyone seen Arrival? Arrival or the arrival? Nope. The arrival, the one I just talked about. <laughs> no, dude, you were. It wasn't arrival. You said contact. You said contact. Well, well I she also arrival said arrival before. before contact. Oh, you did. Okay. Because yeah. their language in that one was awesome. Amazing, right? The, these weird <laughs> circles with the little swirls in them. Yes. But they, they're, they're almost. Ink. They're, it's, yeah, it's like some yeah. kind, of, yeah, some kind of weird ink thing that they sort of, and it makes a circle with swirls. Is it like a crop circle kind of looking? Thing no, it's or? in it's the air floating. I, I haven't actually, I haven't actually seen the movie yet, but I made it into the trailers. So you can guess that their language is just sort of. It's fascinating. It's, it's really it's fascinating. It yeah. And it, it, I mean, it. The Villeneuve, right? For the guy that did the Blade Runner movie. That was his movie, yeah? I have no idea. Maybe. You're the expert on it that. Had, stuff. It, had, it had the guy that okay. shoots arrows in it, and it had what's her name? It had Hawkeye and Amy Lois Lane in it. Amy yeah. Adams. Uh, yeah, Lois Lane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Amy I'm not Adams. Good but with, I don't want to. I'm not good know, with names. I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> I yeah, Amy Adams, I'd rather think of her as Princess Giselle. So great. <laughs> Such yeah, a great she's also awesome. She's like completely, too. like just threw herself into that role. So great. Yeah. So the awesome. best. But um, I think that's really, <laughs> I think one squirrel. of the things, <laughs> now, now, speaking let, of languages, <laughs> speaking of <to> squirrels. <laughs> no, let, me, let me ask you, it, if you're in a game and you're a player, mm-hmm. at some point, do you feel like you're going to get tired 
of having this language barrier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At a I mean, certain point, I mean, if you're going through the entire game and the campaign and you can't talk to anybody outside well, of like your group, and it's like such a constant, constant mm-hmm. thing, it would get a little tiring. Mm-hmm. You would hope that... If anything, you would start to absorb it, and that would, it would there would be a journey to that and learning it. But if it were just consistent, I'd be like, you know, this has been fun, but I have other things you, to you do. You should actually reframe that because I, dis- <laughs> I discovered this, which is it's not that you necessarily get tired of it. Your group gets tired of you having it. Right. Well, well, if you're talking about one player, yeah. in that, in, in, oh, you're talking in, about internal that. I was talking more like language, the like player party. to GM. That's what that's I what was I'm, thinking. That's, okay. that's more what I'm, I'm talking about is, yeah, yeah. Uh, players to NPCs. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, <clears throat> one of the, uh, there, I can take two films off the top of my head that sort of hand wave the language barrier. Mm-hmm. One does it in story, which is thirteenth, the Thirteenth Warrior. Great. That's a great scene. Which th- it's a scene where they're sitting talking in Norwegian. Norwegian. I was going to say Vikingish. <laughs> <laughs> but they're sitting there talking, and he it, it, and then the camera just pans back to him, and he's looking and watching and looking. And, 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 he's and, there. Have you ever seen Thirteenth Warrior? You know, I it's have. A Viking surprisingly, film. It's like not. of the Viking films made, it's one of the best, which and it has some of the best Vikings. Of, of the in it. It so many Viking films. Well, well there's Vikings the with Ernest Borgnine, <laughs> right? Oh, holy crap! <laughs> there's there's which Eric is the Viking from definitely Viking. worth watching. Funny that's a, that's that. That was not the name I thought you were going to say in association with a Viking film. <laughs> well, that's kind of the point. It's got him and Tony Curtis and uh, who's the big strapping Kurt fellow? Douglas. Kurt Douglas. I'm sorry, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. It's okay, I'm going to go home and immediately yeah. find this movie. And it has movie. the best scene with horses in like any movie ever. I love that scene. Does it really? Yeah. yeah I don't the, remember the that. The 13th Warrior? No, no, no. We're oh, talking, no, we're talking about Vikings. That. Oh, oh. With Ernest Borgnine. Yes, no. What were you Viking talking King. about that has a horse scene? Oh, I went to, back to 13th Warrior. Oh, yeah. Because it has, oh. like, they all have their giant, like, war horses, and he's got his little Arab, and they are all mocking his little horse. And then he's like, okay, and his little horse goes, and he jumps, like, this giant barrier, because their horses can't do that shit. No. And they're like, oh. Well, their horses weigh, like, three tons. Yeah. Right, no. <laughs> their horses have amazing strengths. I love those horses, too, but it was just, like, super awesome to be I like, just imagine he's just giving them the bird as he sails yeah. right over the wall. Antonio Banderas is their Arab scholar that they use to, yes. like, he's their historian. Yeah. He's, it would not be made today, but it Latin. is fascinating for what it It has is. some great moments. There's a lot of movies that would not be made today. It's very fun. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings with Ernest Borgnine would not be made today. No. 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 I don't think many things with Ernest Borgnine would be made today at all. <laughs> You know. True, but even Escape the sentiments within the film. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other the other film which w- didn't do it in story. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I well, let me complete that. So so there's a scene where they're going around talking to talk. They're all talking in Norwegian. And he's watching, 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 and then the scene goes on for I don't know a few minutes. It's just, yeah, and it's like it's like a montage. Kind it of. is, and then then he then then all of a sudden they just switch to English. Well, no, it's a slow. There's a word or two creeping. That's in. right. That's and right. And it's it's Norwegian with a couple of yeah. So then uh, then I said to her, and then the fire was starting. I couldn't keep the fire lit right. all night long, and it was terrible. And, and then and pretty soon it's all in English, yeah. and then someone says something about him and then he responds like when did you learn our language i listened yeah <laughs> you had a very interesting like Antonio hearing Banderas. you ramble that off sounded a little bit like porky pig trying to get through a sentence <laughs> and it was kind of amazing <laughs> <laughs> it was like around the fire when i went to school in denmark for a year i, I realized oh. that danish and, and norwegian sound a lot like english only backwards i learned a thing about that I think one thing about this, and I think it's one of the reasons I'm a little hesitant to do it, is because 
I don't speak other languages. Right. And I have a very small number of good accents that I Right. Acceptable accents I can do. I don't have any good accents. <laughs> other than my valley girl, which is like damn spot on. For sure. Like totally. <laughs> But, but um, when you live in the valley, it's kind I? of a gimme. <laughs> I didn't always live she in the valley. She wasn't born there, though. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It absorbs, it absorbs into you. Yeah. You, can, you, can hear, you can hear the, the IE in her. In it her was really watching all the Buffy as a kid. <laughs> I've like, been rewatching yeah. Buffy this week, actually, so prepping for Monster Hearts. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But um, <laughs> so I feel like a lot of people, uh, especially as a GM, sometimes I'm hesitant to include languages because I can't, like, fake it well. Right. So, well, do you think that's important? Do you think no. it's okay if you're like, hey, they speak Spanish to you, and then just say it in English you or just, whatever language you speak? You can just speak? say they're speaking a language, and you don't speak it. Blah, blah, that, blah, blah, that's blah. what I would do as well, because uh, I have accents that I can do to a passable degree, but doing a full-on replication of another language... Mm-hmm. No way. But I think you can kind of hand wave that a little bit. They don't understand it anyway. That's true. <laughs> right. What's a good way to use languages other than just as an inconvenience to the players? And, and, I, and I mean this in the broad sense. Like, for the most part, they encounter somebody that doesn't speak the language, they have to communicate. Sorry, right, ha-ha, yucks, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it, you know, then that's over and then they move on. How could you use a language difference uh, maybe... For over oh, the long easy. term, without it being, uh, it, it could be a perfect adventure hook that you you there a spy is caught inside the king's mm-hmm. castle and is killed, and they find a, a a a letter that he wrote that he was obviously trying to send to someone written in a language that no one in the in the city understands. Yeah. So we have to go take the letter someplace else where they speak that language and translate it. I mean, that's just off the top of my head, but... Yeah, and like I was saying earlier... I I imagine there's all kinds of opportunities like that Mm -hmm. along that vein where where it becomes part of the the story or part of the objective is Mm -hmm. we need to... We don't understand this language and we need to understand this language. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how are we going to do that? And that could be incredibly dangerous, especially if there's some... Rival kingdom on the other side of the mm-hmm. mountains that's sending spies over here for some reason or assassins, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now we're going to go and try to infiltrate this place, and there's no way people are going to think we're locals because we don't speak the language, yeah. and we're going to try to find someone. Can you tell us what this says? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the it's one thing, rife with danger. The one thing that popped into my head that to, to make it an interesting, like integral part of the story would be something like Shogun, where where the Richard Chamberlain character is literally a strange stranger in a strange land is the right. only one left. And he has to learn Japanese. The culture's different. The toddlers are different. So you, let's say you have a party of Vikings that wash up on the shores of Rivendell. Mm-hmm. Right. I would watch that to, movie. And they have to deal with the elves. And their culture is different. And they're it's different. But there's only four of them. And they can't just go through and piss them off. And they just... They, so the elves don't understand them. And they don't understand the elves. And they, they have to like get along and figure something out. But Maybe I just wrote a great adventure right now. But is now. one of the Vikings Ernest Borgnine? That's yes, what I want to know in definitely. this area. Okay, cool. It, if, it were, if it were Stu in the group, yeah, he's going to make the Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and it can also be... Cl- like we were talking about a little bit earlier, it can also be a clue. Like if you're talking to someone and... You, you know, you pick up and you do a great perception roll or something, you know, you figure out, oh, hey, that's an accent from that place that's the enemy of that. Maybe this is a spy. Like, mm-hmm. it can also, right. yeah, it, it, in addition, I mean, you may not have to know what he's saying to be like, wait a minute. So you can use it as a, a boon to the party as right. well. I mean, and, and there's, I mean, and that wouldn't require a language roll. That's intelligence. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people, most of us can probably at least kind of recognize You can parse things language. out sometimes. Right. You know, you get a sense of things. Or at least, I mean, I recognize Spanish. 
I can yeah. kind of recognize Portuguese. Mm -hmm. I may not reliably be able to tell the difference between the two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless, unless it's one of the 40 curse words in Spanish I, that I know. <laughs> um, at, at Latin, people would generally can recognize Latin. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so, I mean, I think it's totally reasonable to, to say, I just want to make an intelligence roll to see if I can recognize this language. If yeah. I'm traveled enough or if, you know, mm -hmm. the culture is advanced enough where I would have been exposed to it at some point. Right. So, yeah, that, 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 that I think is a, a very reasonable thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Having been in a culture where I don't understand the language and they, well, they understand me, but for the most part, uh, you, you'd be surprised at how many universal signs you suddenly know. Like, I just need to eat, or I'm thirsty, mm -hmm. or I, I, you know, I want to, I want an air air stamp, <laughs> 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 or or whatever. It, it, you'd be surprised at how creative you get to communicate. And it's there's certain things that you know this this is drink pretty much universally across the planet in every culture with cups in every culture with cups, right? <laughs> but even then, they can still suss it out. It's like, oh Maybe. right, we don't. You know, it's it, it, the, it's the, surprising. The 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 you know. Canaanites from the Dog Star may not necessarily because they're like what because they may for them drink maybe you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a Dog Star part, I get it right, I see what you it. did there uh, <laughs> I mean you can work things it. out <laughs> there's also the thing that happens a lot when you're traveling here is that a lot of times they are more multilingual than Americans are so yeah. a lot of times you go places and they speak your language and mm -hmm. you don't speak theirs oh, sure. and that's an interesting flip too or you can't be safe speaking your own language because that's the whole thing is that you know discussing using their language as a barrier for the players mm -hmm. but them having to also conceal their goings on from somebody who can understand both yeah and then yeah it it, it it's in certain cultures especially they're they're English, English is taught routinely. Yeah. And so you can't, they they can switch into a language and talk about you, but you can't switch to English and talk yeah. about them. Yeah. When I went to Tokyo, it was totally like that, where it was just like, I know that they will understand pretty much anything that I say unless you start getting out more rural, but when you're in Tokyo, mm -hmm. I don't understand half of what was being said, but I'm, they understood what we were talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, depending on the country, like Denmark, nobody speaks Danish. You can't expect it. Even the Danes barely speak Danish anymore. But they speak every other language. Even the cab drivers speak five languages. <laughs> it's That's like, amazing. It's like, it, well, they have to. It's right. the, they, they live on an island the size of Pasadena. I mean, it's it's not very big, and it's its own country. And it's they they everybody they're so continental. They speak French, German, <laughs> English, uh, and, and then because they know Scandinavian and because they know French and Spanish, they get all these other Latin languages for free, and they get Norwegian and they get Swedish. So they all speak like seven languages. It is humbling. You go there and you're you're like, hi, do you speak English? Well, of course I do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. and the Romance languages really are that close. Mm -hmm. I remember when I went to France, I suddenly remembered all of the stuff from Spanish in high school I thought I would never use, <laughs> yeah. and then I came back and I couldn't remember a goddamn thing. <laughs> but while I was there, I'm like, oh. I weirdly kind of know what's happening right yeah. now. What is what is happening? I'm oh, my mutant powers are finally developed, and, and that <laughs> might be fun. It's, it's, it's like you know, run into a Absolutely. an isolated group of people that speak a, a dialect of Elvish or a dialect of Common that's adjacent. completely new and, and different. Just like you're saying, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, like a adjacent mm -hmm. language where you can kind mm -hmm. of parse it out because you know mm -hmm. this other one. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's super. That's a great idea. I like that, and it's amazing. Like like how quickly you do pick up a language if you're completely. In it all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> so well, I, I wouldn't know. No. 
I picked up English pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> but did you? Did you? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I, I missed did. you, Stork. No, I aim higher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tall. This is all I have left, man. Let me have this. I can't even lift this. That was a good discussion. Are we done? Yeah. I feel like yeah, we're done. Okay. Uh, done, you wanted to read Erica's email? Yeah, okay. it looked like fun. And Dragon Age campaign sounds awesome. And this is her mm. first time right? writing in. It's very exciting. Erica it is. Odd yeah. is, is a great story. Hey, Erica, if you're watching, whatever. It's, it's a great story. I think, I think you guys... Or she contacted you guys because you were doing Sa- was it Savage Worlds? Mm-hmm. Sa- well, she started watching the Savage Worlds stream on you on the YouTube. The Tomorrow right. Legion, and yeah. then be- and because she's this vast knowledge of Savage Worlds, she was sending in corrections and information, right. joined the forums, and here she is writing in now. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'll she's be less- taught us everything we know about Savage Worlds. <laughs> 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 it'll be less sexy than the last time I was on here reading a email. <laughs> that That's was awfully okay. that was though. pretty. Is that possible though? Really less sexy. I don't know if the chairs could handle it again. So. <sighs> <laughs> what did you do to the chairs? Nothing. Nothing. I melted them with my hotness. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I feel okay. super self-conscious about my dirty joke. Oh, God. <laughs> do you want me to explain it to you? Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> yes. no. We're having a language hey, barrier problem. See? <laughs> See, this is where right. the dis-ad comes in. See, <laughs> Stu, when women get turned on... <laughs> Women get turned on? <laughs> Who knew? Oh, no. <laughs> this has been Happy Jacks, the Birds, and the Bees podcast. <laughs> you should probably read now. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to, but I have to wait until everything... No, you don't. No, you I... need to save them both. Jump yeah. right in. Go. No, because I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday the 13th. It's been a long fucking week. If they're going to go crazy, I'm here for it. <laughs> That's right. It's Friday the 13th. That's right. Yes. Totally. All right. You know what? Just let me just say, fuck this computer. Since we started, yeah. it's been rebooting. What the fuck? Well, didn't you like drop it like eight times? No. <laughs> no, this is the one you spilled Coke on. Oh, well. <laughs> it's the Pepsi syndrome. Which kind of Coke? Totally. The, yeah. Oh, okay. I meant liquid versus like... No, it's harder to... <laughs> yeah, the powder, not so... Yeah. That's easy to get back out. Oh, you just get like one of those little air cans and just. <laughs> yes. Oh no 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 no! You take the little stem out of the air can. And, and then just <laughs> do they even sell that stuff anymore? Can you even get Coke? Yeah, sure, I'm sure they do, but I don't know. Just in the '80s, it's not like. What are you talking about? Coke? Coke. Yeah. Like Coke. Cocaine? Yeah. yeah. Yes, they still sell cocaine. Yeah, they you can't s- buy it at a dispensary. Well, but <laughs> <laughs> you can buy it from your local dealer. Not that we endorse any kind of drug use <laughs> on this podcast. Thank you very much. Here's an email. <laughs> All right. Oh, now you want to solve it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's gonna boot. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. Hello, happy Jack Roos and happy Jillaroos. Erica Odd here, year-long YouTube watcher and forum member, first-time emailer, second-hand rose, third time's a charm, fourth kind encounter, fifth of vodka drink. <laughs> She's got away with words. Mm-hmm. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I have an interesting question to post to you for some advice. I am the GM of a Dragon Age campaign and have come to a fork in the road and have to decide which way to go. Left. Always go left. No. <laughs> Bear left, right frog. Oh, I'm dialed in tonight, guys. That's <laughs> what exhaustion it. does. <laughs> exhaustion in beer means Mac is on it. <laughs> on it. <laughs> Like someone on Coke. Should we do the song now? <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> uh, but first, a little backstory, which but is literally first. in this, yeah. The PCs were mercenaries working for a nobleman, called an Arl in the setting. 
The gist of the story, without getting too far into the weeds with details, is that a horde of darkspawn, humanoid monsters, sort of like the orcs of the worst kind, had taken over a small village in its keep. They all hired the PCs to enter the keep through a small sally port and open the doors to keep uh, gate. Speaking of languages, what? Uh, small sally port and open the gates to the keep from the inside. Meanwhile, the Arl's forces would clear the darkspawn from the village and take the keep. Long story short, too late. The heroes find Her out. Her words, it's right here. Her yeah. words. I'm reading it exactly as dictated. We're not being a-holes. Well, we are, but not in this particular no. instance. Not to her. <laughs> the heroes find out that the Arl has actually driven the Darkspawn into the village intentionally. He wanted to take over the keep and use the monsters to do his dirty work so that he could ride in like a conquering hero and save the day. <laughs> the PCs reveal this information with proof to some of the local lords, and the end result is that now they are in charge of the keep. Good job, players. That's cool. Now, here's where the dilemma comes in. The players have expressed a lot of interest in a session of court intrigue and politics as they present their case to the king. However, that's not the direction I had planned. See, in Dragon Age, there are demons, evil spirits that are associated with some kind of negative emotion, usually one of the seven deadly sins. My idea was that the Arl had secretly been replaced by an envy demon, which can take human form, and this demon fixated on wanting that keep. That's why I did what I did. That's why it did what it did, rather. I would have picked Sloth. (laughs) It really is one of my favorite sins. It is. Super unsurprising. Uh, Now the PCs have the keep, and the demon still wants it. My plan was to have the demon shed its guise as the Arl and take another form in order to gain employment as the Chamberlain for the characters who's acting as the Lord of the Keep. Then it would be the demon trying to get that character more and more isolated from the others so it could take its place. Ooh, that's tough. Here are the pros and cons as I see it. Courtroom. Pro. Mm -hmm. This is what the players are expecting and are rather looking forward to. Con. I'm not really sure how to bring this all together. Mm -hmm. Demon as Chamberlain. Pro. This is what I have planned out, uh, planned for and written out. Con, I allowed the players in an earlier session to find out what envy demons were, so they might catch on too soon, and that's something that there's something off about the Chamberlain, and I wouldn't get much to do with it before they figure it out and take it on. So which direction do you think I should take? Follow my original, more subtle plan for the demon, or indulge the players' expectations and come up with the throne room drama? Thanks, Erica Odd. Go ahead. Mm. Both. Yeah, that was I my was, thought. I was about to yeah. say you can walk that middle ground. The yeah. d- the, the the demon has has jumped and is now someone else, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't have to worry about having <laughs> that dude mm-hmm. around and have that court intrigue stuff. So you can have the court intrigue stuff happened, but maybe well, the chamberlain is obviously is going to travel with the lord because mm-hmm. who is going to empty his chamber pot? Whatever else chamber? I don't even know the what chamberlain pot. I don't know what Chamberlains do. Um, I was thinking that that it might <laughs> take, no it may take a little while for this demon to to <laughs> take over the Chamberlain, and 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 and, and meanwhile you can have this courtroom well, he, drama, he, right? Yeah. So well, I I don't see any reason that you can't do both. Well, in my understanding of the setting, because Dragon Age is based off of the games, which I fucking adore. I know it's amazing. Is that things are subtle? There are a lot of subtleties with the demons in that game. So I think there's um, another thing that I would consider with this is they are expecting one thing. So use that as a red herring while you're working on this other thing on the side that they aren't expecting. So if you change your trajectory a little bit so that it actually, you, you kind of get both. 
Yeah. You can kind of go, here's what they're expecting. I'm going to do that as a red herring and go ahead and let that go forward. Meanwhile, you're building this other thing around the side that's going to catch them off guard. Mm -hmm. And one of the cons she mentioned to the demon is Chamberlain thing is that she's already introduced them and she's afraid they might catch on quickly. But if they're distracted mm -hmm. by a bunch of court intrigue mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and getting all into that, they may not even notice, and she may be able to drop some fairly obvious hints that this thing is actually a demon. Yeah, players are fun like that sometimes. You're like, this is really obvious, but I guess not. Right. <laughs> Except that here's, here's, the, here's the kicker to that is I'm not really sure how to bring this together when it comes to the courtroom drama. See, that would be the hard part for me because courtroom drama is not really my forte. That That's a very complicated back and forth to have a courtroom drama. Mm -hmm. Are we talking well, it's okay. not courtroom. It's right. It's more like a, a royal court. Well, a, a royal court, but we're saying courtroom as in the same room where the court is. Right. It's not Perry Mason. <laughs> yeah. But Although still, that but, would be cool. But even then, having all of that and it's the back and forth of all of these different people in positions of power, mm -hmm. you know, it's... Well, uh, I mean... <clears throat> Just off the top of my head, just initially, are they important enough to have access? Mm -hmm. If they're not, the answer to that very well may be no. Mm -hmm. If they're not important enough to have access directly to the king or monarch or whatever, then they have to start currying favor with other people around the court who do have the king's ear. I mean, the, the process of being able to go up and actually address the king could take months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Make them make the hard choices, which is a lot about what Dragon Age is as a video game. Mm -hmm. it, and I haven't actually gotten to play the system, but that's why I was really intrigued by this because it seems like it's it's very tied to that, is that game forces you to make hard choices mm -hmm. to get what you want. Mm -hmm. Right. And I love that about the game is that there's very little gray ground where you can just kind of walk the middle line. It's like, it's this thing or it's this thing. You pick. Right. And very easily tying that in, you, there may be some lord or or duke or what? Well, they're all arrows, I guess. But there may be one who has curried favor with the monarch and the player, and wants something. Maybe there's a land dispute between him and the player character lord, and maybe you know you have these farmlands. We've been fighting over this for a while. If perhaps we could enter into discussions about. Um, a more equitable solution to this, I might be willing to speak with His Majesty. And, mm -hmm. you know, and there's all kinds of things that... I would recommend, maybe if you are stuck on how to, like, where to even start, find an L5R book and read what courtiers do. Because it does give you an idea and an example of how to play that that courtroom intrigue, that politics game, that social light game. Not, not steal the courtier per se, but it gives you an idea of how to do a courtroom <coughs> or a court or a, that, that royal intrigue and then keep it interesting. Mm -hmm. Or find, find any old, any old um, vampire book and, and, mm -hmm. and read about the, or find some, some, some parts of it that talk about the inner workings of Elysium. Change, or, changeling yeah, too. Yeah. A bunch of court, uh, there's also a bunch of costume dramas. That you can watch, like oh, yeah. a lot of stuff, like Elizabeth, Golden Age. Like, there's a ton of stuff where you can see all these people vying for power and position, um, trying to make each other look bad without really obviously making each other look bad. Mm -hmm. Trying to get that access, like you were talking mm -hmm. about, and how long it can take. <clears throat> or if you do something amazing that really catches their attention or really pleases them, then maybe it doesn't take so long. Or yeah, especially if it's something incredibly risky. Yeah. 
And I feel like you can always... It, it's funny, like, people get worried about the cliches when they're running games, but sometimes stealing from other sources is a really great way to go about stuff and modifying it from other books, from stories, because it's different watching it versus playing it as a player. Oh, yeah. You know, I took um, a lot of direction from uh, Captain America Winter Soldier when I was running mm -hmm. my uh, first campaign because the whole, you know, Hydra... Sub-agent plot was really good Definitely look to other media And you can totally pull from other media And it will <clears> still be exciting for players Because they've never gotten to live it And yeah. and, and it w will be barely recognizable mm -hmm. Exactly Because you're, you're transplanting it Into an entirely different genre Yeah, you reskin it basically right. But yeah, go to other guidebooks It doesn't have to be all from the same system yeah. right. Erica's in the chat room right now She says, uh, the really scary thing for me One of my players is a tenured professor of political science there's no way I could live up to his expectations of politicking. I would say, let him come up with it. Yeah, right. Yes, and the shit out of yeah. him. Whatever he comes up with, that's totally a thing. Our yeah. basic premise, build the problem, let them come up with the solution. That's right. Come Absolutely. up with a complicated, convoluted courtroom <laughs> system. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about how are they going to figure this out. Especially if you've got a guy there who's a political science, yeah. although political science professors actually being good at politics are those that, who, that is a false <laughs> assumption. Those I've, who can't do teach. My right? minor is in political science. Sorry, sorry. And, so, and, and I, I had a lot of political science professors. The one thing I know about them is they drink. <laughs> but he, more than most professors I've found. He may be that in real life, but what is he in the game? Yeah. Oh, sure. That's right. the other thing too Is make them stick to their guns You can always question players If they're making choices That mm -hmm. seem very outside Of the bounds of their characters Having knowledge mm -hmm. as a person Versus knowledge as a player sure. Are two very different things and, and it could be just as simple as Well getting an audience With the king You're going to have to go Through the chamberlain and such And he yeah. is very hard To uh, get an appointment with You may have to curry mm -hmm. favor with him And that's as simple as that And now they have to Come up with a solution for it well, Whether I, it's yeah. pay him off Whether it's uh, frame him for a murder Whatever it is uh, that that's something that simple is that is all you need to throw at them and let them build the, spin the drama out of it. Go ahead, Kimmy. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to say um, something that's uh, I sort of forgot what I was about to say. Sorry. Oh, uh, one of my favorite things to to use is rumors in situations like this. Mm -hmm. Like have them talk to different uh, people in the court. Some of them give good information. Some of them don't, and the players maybe don't know. You know, which is which. Maybe even the other NPCs don't know which is which. Well, when I did Mission Embartable, uh, we actually yeah. had, we, we created uh, like a list of ten rumors. Mm -hmm. Some which were true and some which weren't. Right. They didn't know which ones they were. Yeah. And whatever, how, depending on how well they rolled or who they <coughs> talked to, in fact, mm -hmm. they rolled and got a success, we threw a rumor at them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think, that, I think that's a great way. Some of the rumors actually give viable information. Maybe someone's suspicious of the Chamberlain. Uh, and some of them are, maybe aren't. Oh, no, the, the Chamberlain's the best. They gave you know the access to one person who started a rumor about how faithful and wonderful they were. Oh sure, you know so it'll be great when they find the, the real Chamberlain's desiccated body stuffed in a you know behind a bookcase <laughs> yeah. or something like later on, and that could be used as proof. But but I, I'm saying there's no reason you can't combine both. And again, just give them the problem and let them come up with the solution. Mm -hmm. You just kick back, you drink a beer, and mm -hmm. watch the poli sci guy bully the rest of the party into doing his, things his way. Right, it'll yeah. be fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're both awesome. I don't. Just remember, countervailing forces. What's that mean? Countervailing? <laughs> it's uh, forces that are uh, affecting a political situation that are not directly involved in the conflict. Et tu brute? Mm -hmm. No, that's Shakespeare. Yeah, so. He was a countervailing force <laughs> and he killed them. Well, yeah. 
So I feel like, like, <laughs> I mean, we didn't have a straight answer for you, I don't think, but because I don't think there is. No, one. I think do both. Yeah, mm-hmm. and well, yeah, and rather than le- th- than this or that, I don't. Know. It's a great opportunity to do both because if you're kind of concerned that having the the demon replace the chamberlain might be seen as too obvious and they might pick up on it too soon, give them something they want to do that's distracting them right. from that. I, I, personally, that I, makes yeah, sense. Th- to me, that is the best solution. Yeah. I don't, yeah, they can be doing this 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 royalty drama, the upstairs downstairs or mm-hmm. Downton Abbey thing, for a couple of episodes, a couple of a couple of sessions until they finally meet the Chamberlain, and at that point, the demon is you know firmly replaced him. And maybe the Chamberlain, who was the existing Chamberlain for the old Lord, mm-hmm. and even though it's not really him anymore, maybe he's been to court. Maybe he's. He's bending the ear of the PC Lord saying, well, this is what I know about these people here. Right, right. It's, oh my God, it's a perfect opportunity yeah, yeah. for that guy to like totally screw them over. Yeah. yeah. And you can also still use it as a red herring. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if they're already expecting it, lean into that and then find a way to circumvent them because then they're going to go, oh, we are dumb. Because right. they were following <laughs> the thing that seemed the most obvious. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this, the players, we're so entrenched in just trying to like, either stick with our character and figure out what the heck's going on. We don't see the obvious. We really don't. I've been playing a lot, <laughs> yes, and for the most part, these blatant clues are right in front of us. And go, I, I didn't get that. There's I a reason it was a GM that 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 coined the term to, uh, clue by four. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, that's, that comes a, a lot. And you're like, this is really obvious. I guess not that obvious. I guess not that obvious. <laughs> Did you oh, have they're going to figure this out. Did you, did you think it was really obvious? And Razor Ridge was an interesting thing because I gave them some opportunities to go other places and uh, they just kind of fucked off and did their own thing. And they gave themselves puzzles and then solved yeah. it themselves and yeah. I just kind of let them do it. Well, that's that's what we're saying. They, they will, they're their own worst enemy. Yeah, they gave me way more ammunition sometimes. But there were things where I'm just like, Oh my god, you guys! I totally just gave you the thing, and they're just like, "La la la, we're werewolves." Yeah. <laughs> when, I gotta say, when Preston showed up, was it? Was it? What's Preston it? had been there since the first goddamn well, episode, but, but you, nobody went and talked to anyone. When, in town. when they finally, when you finally like had him walk in and talk, what's it, what was his full name? Preston. Uh, Preston Germain. Preston Germain. And he was based off of the music. Robert band. Preston. He was. I love the pun and all that. And then you yeah. do you do the, a perfect Robert female Robert Preston. It's so perfect. You were like. <laughs> I'm glad that you qualified that with female. Well, because because you were um you, you were basically you know he's doing that quick speaking thing and he's selling barbed wire. Yeah. What did you you had the you had a well he had this wonderful thing that he had. It was a brand new invention. It was called barbed wire. It's a lot like this kind of wire you ring around your property and it's got these little bits on it that will keep all of the bad guys out. And it's a brand new invention. I'm bringing it here and it's you know dollars on the barrel head and <laughs> we will sell it I to think you. It's, 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 it's with the capital with the capital B. In the rhymes with B and the Sanskrit pool. I was dying <laughs> watching the episode. It was hysterical. And it sucked because I had that character couch since the first episode. But that's the thing is the <coughs> players were having so much fun yeah. Yeah. that I went ahead and I still found a way to make him work later. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. just wasn't where I had hoped he was going to fit in. And and as obvious as all of your clues were, it didn't lead them to his doorstep, and you actually had to then shoehorn him in later. And that—that that was that's the point of bringing up Preston, which is it, it, obvious to Mac. He's, she's like, "What the what the hell?" But players sometimes we just yeah, don't like, see oh, stuff. Yeah, it's like, "Oh, the burn, the, the 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 barn burned down. Maybe you should go see if there's <laughs> weird people in town." But they were nope. Nope. You know, but it, it we're too busy out. smelling like our butts. <laughs> actually, we smell <laughs> each other's butts, and it's a form of greeting. Werewolves. What it's what we do in the shadows, man. 
That's that's I'm I'm doing a what we do in the shadows reference. And There's a fantastic song I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember who who wrote it, but it's Grafham always comes down and sings it. The guy who used to be a poxy boggard. And the, the 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 basic story of it is all of the dogs went to a meeting place, and when they go to the meeting place, they all hang their assholes up on the hooks in the entryway, and then they're they're so they're in there having their meeting, and there's a fire, so they all rush out and grab whatever asshole is hanging on a hook, and they. And they all leave. It's a creation myth. Yes, and and that that is why when two dogs meet each other, they smell each other's butts to see if they can find their own asshole. <laughs> it's a very it's that's a, a very, whole new level to canines. It's a his, it's a, it's much funnier in the song. The song is freaking hysterical. I'm going to take your word for it, it sir. I feel like it's a, a long journey for that joke. No, I could t- totally use. But how many the languages song? are involved in the That's journey? True. And in right. what dialect? Like, uh, like a regional dialect in, are involved in the sniffing of. The are buckles. they regional butts? They are. They must be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how big is this place that all Searching the dogs the in the lyrics. world were in it at the same time? And, and how do many they eventually go to buckles? heaven? I need answers. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> the dogs' party is the name of the song, and there okay. it is. I, I am it. shocked that you guys let me come back and do this again. <laughs> He's bringing up dog assholes. I think you, you, you're one of us. You belong. <coughs> one of us. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, All right. We, su- we we sufficiently answered your question, Eric. Odd. I believe we did. Yeah, she says a good input and thank you. I gave her. Also, I answer. like your screen name. <laughs> the cut of your jib is wonderful. Yes. Last uh, email: a confession from the dungeon master Dan. I did not pre-read this. So I don't know if there's anything horrible in it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Start, I skimmed a little bit of it. Oh, I can do. Or, did you? Did you want to go? I don't care. Read it at it's the exact same time in unison together. In unison together. <coughs> Ready? Sure. Forgive can, me, oh, dude. You have to start with the title. Oh, see, I've already screwed up. You have. You should go. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. All right. Three, two, one. A, a confession. Forgive, forgive, I'm from sorry. D- oh my God! You're fired. <laughs> All right, a confession from Dungeon Master Dan. It's a long email. You guys could split it no, up. No, I split up on purpose, Ooh, so I don't you have to read it. split paragraphs like they do in school when you're reading books. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware of that. Thing, that I, I know, thing. I know. That's why I said it. Yes. And the kids are always like, oh, can we pick the next reader? <laughs> and then they have to decide, am I going to pick my friend or am I going to pick somebody I hate? And then it's like, okay. Or somebody who can actually read. Yeah. Forgive me. Yeah. Forgive me, douche fathers, for I have sinned. And mothers, I'm entering that. It has been three months since me last confession. That, you have to say, did he say me, me last confession? Because if he said that, you have to do it in pirate voice. Oh, shit. <gasps> it's been three right, months It has been three months confession. since my last confession. Dungeon Master Dan here, coming at you again with a GM confession. My schedule. You have a terrible. Uh, I know. Well, I know that I'm living for it. Let her do it. <laughs> I have already addressed on it's this fantastic. particular episode it's how fantastic. terrible my accents are. I don't listen to you. I know. <laughs> really, that is the least surprising thing I've learned today. That was less surprising than Max' comment about kids reading paragraphs in class, which happened to me about three hours ago. All right, my schedule gets hectic. Here, I'll do it in the valley girl. My schedule gets hectic, and my taste in games is eclectic at best. It's a little hard to get people interested in campaigns like uh, Morking Bad, Drug Running as Orcs and Goblins for Warhammer uh, Fantasy Roleplay, Pathfinder Society Lumbridge, <coughs> Pathfinder set in RuneScape, and Duas Volt. That's so much better in the next one. 
Dark Ages Old World of Darkness game where you play as abominations, aka vampire werewolves. What? That actually sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm like, what? What is this stop. game? Yes. I'm not going to inflict that on anyone anymore. Please stop that, okay. yeah. that voice. Are, are, are just some of the campaigns I have put forward with very little success. After my last campaign ended, Vampire Wild West, I, like I was wandering <laughs> a little for games, so I turned to the internet. Using Discord as a roleplay tool is fantastic. All of the tools out there have had a fantastic... Uh, all of the tools are out there to have a fantastic experience. Using the text chat as a great equalizer for people who need a little extra time to think about what their character might say or do in various situations. There are tools that can be integrated into servers such as dice rollers, experience and inventory trackers. You don't need to make time to keep notes. Everything said or done since the beginning of the game is recorded on the server. You can take a uh, you can turn it into play by post or organize times to hang out and video chat and get into character for all the thespians out there. I've been using Discord to run a change, Changeling the Dreaming game, and it has been one of the most fluid experiences as a game master in my entire career. I've set up channels for players to explore, and they have, are slowly uncovering the big conspiracy that is causing all the fucking shit... Like uh, the like the na- the native fae to start killing police and civilians who stray too far out of town. That is, I've been spoon feeding them and railroading them towards it. Oh, whoop, whoop. Oh. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> here There's lies here. You don't have a petticoat. Here in lies my sin, Jolly Jackers. Take a drink if you've heard this one before. I have been railroading my players. I have been laying the clues and the plot hooks out in front of their noses, but it wasn't enough. I have expected the players to be more proactive, looking for clues, trying to fill holes in the info by looking for the possible connections. If they came up with a possible answer that worked, I would have been happy to change the plot to fit it. But they haven't. That's not railroading. No. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) But they haven't. They spend all their time trying to get stuff. Magic items, extra spells, which is fine. And I have been giving them fun adventures along the oh, way. They're collectors. <laughs> <laughs> but it made the, Gotta catch them all. Yeah. But it made the overreaching plot grind to a standstill. I told I'm them... shocked. Yeah. I told <laughs> them all an important scene was about to happen and that they should try and log in if they could. I forced them through NPC coercion and plot... Uh, to continue uh, to continue the investigation to the point where they had a name uh, they had a name to investigate a solid lead to chase up and an NPC could have some idea let the, uh, uh, could have had some idea and let them know where to find out more since then they have been too busy to really continue with weekly games only logging in to say hi once in a while and promising to come back soon kill them. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Tell me, have I fucked up, Happy Jackers? Sincerely, Dungeon Master Dan. P.S. I am drinking right now. Are you? Yes. P.P.S. Yes. I would have, but Mac didn't bring me a beer when she said you were. I didn't say shit about bringing you a beer, sir. No, you went to go get beers and you. I thought I you pointed and I nodded. Hey, oh, I hey, was Stork? asking if there were more. Oh. I muted your mic so you can go up and get you and me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved, <laughs> motherfucker. You just don't want to hear me and Mac fight again. No, no, no. I, no, I love hearing you and Mac fight. It's, it's our favorite time. pastime. Yeah. PPS, I have an old gross horror story about someone trying to f- perform illegal and immoral sex acts and ERP in my old game. 
want to hear it. No, thank you. Go ahead and send Unsubscribe. it. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and send it, and I'll run it by the censors. <laughs> there aren't censors. He's you, the only you censor. You mean the spam filter? <laughs> no, my spam filter doesn't, spam, nah, doesn't, 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 doesn't filter porn. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you get no emails. <laughs> You just have to really like think about it. Is it worse than fucking a cheeseburger for XP, <coughs> or more interesting? That like I'm sorry, like, did you just say fucking a cheeseburger for XP? Yeah, you gotta catch up. On yeah, the it's a long. Oh, let me turn your mic back on. Thank you for the beer. <laughs> yes, that was one of our pre- previous horror stories. Yeah. So you have to think like if it's if it's not as bad as that, it can definitely probably. It's be the right. horror story that started the horror story emails. Yeah, it, it really is the worst horror story ever. Yeah. So no, it's not the worst not horror the story. Worst no, story. no, that's it's true. The, it's the worst that's horror st- horror story that is still funny. It's, yeah, the, I'll tell you about. It's the, hard to victimize a hamburger. That, we'll <laughs> tell you about it? that one off air. We'll tell you about it off air. It's, it I felt pers- personally victimized by hamburgers, Certainly. so I feel like turnabout is fair play. Sure, sure. Right. So, I mean, do you guys think he was railroading? Because I don't. It doesn't sound like he was no, railroading. It sounds like he's it got a like bunch he had of players. Very passive players. Well, here's the thing, and it's it's the same to me between RPGs and video games. You have people that are in it for the story, and you have the people that are in it for all the shit they can get. Right. This is a group of people that are in it for all the shit that they can get, which makes it impossible to have a really solid story. So it might feel like railroading, but it's because your players are just kind of doing their own thing and aren't interested in playing a story. Right. I Or their story is, I retire with an enormous amount of stuff. <laughs> yeah, which is like... The story I hope to have in my own personal real life, but not necessarily my game life. I think it's more similar to what you have going on with your game, which is they get so caught up in their own little machinations and plot stuff, they forget that there's an overarching meta plot. Yeah, but sometimes, but you can still make that work to your advantage, because even though in Razor Ridge, yeah, they kind of went and did their own thing, and I let them do that because they're having fun. I was having fun, everybody was having fun, we're all having fun here, aren't we? Uh, How are you? (laughs) But... At the end of the day, when it came back to it, they were still invested in the plot and followed it through. It was just there was other stuff that was more important <clears throat> to them at the time. But never that they had completely forgotten what was going on and never, like, oh, we want stuff. Like, you came in and guested. Mm-hmm. And I had it set up from the beginning. They would get something out of that. Mm-hmm. They didn't play it as if, like, this weird person has shown up in our cairn. I'm going to try and see what shit he has or kill mm-hmm. him and loot his body, which would have been interesting. <coughs> but that's not what they did. <laughs> right. I mean, I would kill you and loot your body, but I'm a garbage person. <laughs> you're like I the, missed you, Stork. You're like the pretty burning fire dumpster, though. We like looking at it. <laughs> I like a dumpster fire with beautiful eyelashes. Yes, like amazing green fire. Like, ooh, that's when you put in like copper and shit into the yeah, fire. Right. So. Oh. I'm a very expensive fire. Yeah, you're like a dumpster fire outside of a chemical right. waste plant. Expensive, high quality. <laughs> I, you know, that's probably the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> All right, I'll I, take it. I, I'm actually gonna, like, I, I've started uh, doing online games a lot more in the last year. So I've done video ones, um, and I've done some like, like over Discord, like texting, which is really difficult for me. So I'm actually gonna. I'm going to take part of the blame off of... I think they might be passive players, but I find that um, it's. I am a much more passive player when I'm playing online games. That worked out really well, That's guys. so well. There's, sorry, there, there's spilling happening. You dribbled. It's a thing. Uh, but when I'm playing... Even when I'm playing on video and I can see the other players, 
um, whether it was on Hangouts or now on Discord's awesome new video thing. Uh, how is that? It, it's cool. I haven't figured out how... It, it's better than Hangouts was. The quality is good. I mean, there's not all the cool things. Like, you don't have... At least I haven't found the dice roller that shows up on the screen yet. Whatever. Which was my favorite thing about... I love that on Hangouts. I just trust players. I don't care about that. Well, yeah. Well, it was just easier for everybody. It was just like, boom, everybody saw the... Like, it wasn't that I thought they were cheating, but it's just kind of neat to have it there. Sure. Um, but... So there's not quite as many things built in. Um, but... I, I don't know. I find that I am more passive of a player on li- when I'm doing it online just because... I don't want to talk over people. It's a little bit harder to read the room. If someone's going to do something, it's like when you're sitting in person with them, you can kind of see them like lean forward and they like take a breath. You don't always notice those. Exactly. <laughs> I just wanted to demonstrate. Yeah, it is beautiful. <laughs> uh, but you, you don't always get those cues on video and you, def- and you definitely don't get them if you're in a chat situation. Sure. So I feel like sometimes people are less apt to be more aggressive players or more active players because they don't want to step on people's toes. When I ran the GURPS fantasy game for some listeners, there were four, four or five of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two or three sessions, we all, <coughs> me as well, had to get used to playing a game. Because playing, playing a role-playing game with people, there's a certain level of intimacy to it. Yeah. There really is. Because it's, it's sort of like... We're going to create a shared fantasy together, and when you're when there's this technological separation between you, especially if you don't actually you've never actually met. If you're like like you're you're playing, it's probably gonna, it's probably going to accelerate much faster in what mm-hmm. you're doing because you're playing with people you, you know, right? Right. But th- these were all people who didn't know each other and yeah. didn't know me except through the podcast. Yeah. But after it took like three sessions. Yeah. And but. All of a sudden, players started getting comfortable. They started really portraying their characters more. And we all kind of got used to the fact that there's a little bit of a lag yeah. or a, a latency, I guess, yeah. um, in, the, in the video chat. And everyone started automatically accounting for it. And it by the, by the third or fourth session, it felt like a regular game. Right. Not totally. It's not the same as being in the same room with people and looking them in the eye. Yeah. But it, it, it I can see it, it's a good replacement for yeah. a regular tabletop yeah. game. Absolutely. It just, but you got to give it some time. And I think that's an important conversation to have with the players before the game starts. It says, look, this is going to seem really weird, especially if you're used to tabletop games. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna. It, it's eventually not gonna be alien. It's yeah. gonna seem normal, and once it does, the game can take it. Has a chance to. And maybe that's part of his problem because he talks about you know he's trying to encourage people to log in and get the clues, log in for that game and stuff. It sounds like he's got <coughs> um, people that are just sort of treating it sort of casually, almost like uh, oh I'll log in for a couple hours, play, and then leave. It's different also when you're playing against other people yes. and you're playing with other people yes. versus like. To me, this sounds like the kind of shit people do in video games, yes. like I mentioned, where it's like, I'm just going to go grab shit. But when you're interacting with other people, it's different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, and yeah. it should be different. I agree. It should be. It, it should be. Not necessarily is, though, because... But, but it should be. There's, a, there's a, a, a large percentage of people who, on the internet, don't think other people are... People and Are certainly real, don't yeah. treat them like people. That is really? very true. <laughs> yes. Mac and I, as women on the internet, don't. 
Like we don't know. You guys are brave. I, I mean, I get I get bad reviews on the forum, and I, I dwell on it. And you guys just must get. You're so rain. scared. You haven't even joined oh, yeah. Facebook. <laughs> no, I mean. It's and and have you quit yet? No, oh, okay. dude, it's out of fucking control. Sometimes you're just like, really? That's the thing that you went Crazy. with? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 baffling. But uh, I mean, it's it's hard to play with other people. It's hard to interact with anybody online. Yeah. I mean, even just uh, if you're doing a podcast and you're doing it remotely and you can't see the other people yeah. and trying to figure out when you can kind of jump into that conversation, right? It's very very difficult to figure out that timing. But once you get going, you can find that rhythm. Yeah. And uh, it, it's actually, this has been very interesting to me because I've been considering maybe trying to do some GMing online because I'll get mm-hmm. people that are like, oh my God, I want to like play in a game with you. And I'm like, I'm really curious to see how that would go to actually do it online. I, I've never yeah. actually run a game online before. The, the yeah. MOOC just ran, just we'll let's plug one of our APs, the MOOC just ran Darknet and it's all it's, uh, it's on, is it on Discord? Is it on, what, no, uh, we're, well, we're doing a, a chat, a, like video conferencing software called Zoom. Mm. Um, it's It costs money because it's a higher resolution because we stream the game. Sure. But you don't necessarily need that. Like you can totally use Discord for it. Um, and yeah, that's been a great experience. It's actually the first campaign I've done on video stream. I've done like guest spots on other people's like one shots and things like that. Yeah. Which is like what you're talking about where you like all these people I don't know. And then you're right. trying like completely like don't know them at all. Talk let me let you, let me tell you. Talk about intimidating. Yeah. Because I mean, going to a game con even the like the very early early game cons, there's always at least one player at the table that I know. Yeah. Now I know them all. Yeah. But back in the first couple of cons, when after we started the show, there'd be like one. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There'd be like one person I know. Yeah. But that was at least. But but you're also when you're sitting around, like with people Mm -hmm. in person, they won't be the raging assholes they're capable of being online. Right. Yeah. Right? Because you can hit them. Yeah. Well, well I think I, that's my theory that's as you. to why they aren't that Yeah. <laughs> well, also, you can, you can also, as a GM, read their body language. Like, if they're all having a shit time, you sure. can tell. And you're like, all right, change right. course, change course. You can't always tell online. No. Now, if you could look at their, if you could look at their computer screen and see that they have a, another browser window open and they're doing something else, with that horn that they don't have a spam filter for, right? right. It does bring There's up a the cheeseburger <laughs> sitting right there. It, well, right. it does bring up the worst horror story that was ever written in. We won't talk about the that. That's the horror and, story and I, that must not be made. And I will argue with you that that you don't always know what players you're going to get because I play with people I have never yeah. known before, and sometimes they sit down on the table and then it's an agonizing four hours to just get yes. them out of there. Yes, yes, but or get those my, players. My, my of point there. of that was it was less intimidating. Yeah. It's less intimidating. At least to me, mm-hmm. to sit down with actual people at a table sharing the same space mm-hmm. than it was doing a game online. Yeah. Plus, there was also the added the added sort of pressure of the fact that these are listeners who... Are, Thank are, your God. No, but... <laughs> But but think I'm, I'm a good a GM, yeah. And I am a good GM, but it's like, oh, now I got to prove I'm a good GM. <laughs> and that's super. That's a super stressful thing. Totally. Right? Yeah. People will be uh, like, yeah. oh, I'd love to play in a game with you, and I'm like, that's <coughs> okay. Uh, why? No, it's, why? It's super terrifying in the first couple times. And I think it. that's one of the reasons so few hosts have run JackerCon games. Yeah. I kind of want Possibly. to, but I'm also mildly terrified that I'm going right? to suddenly forget how to GM or talk. <laughs> well, I, I, right. think, I think more than that, because a lot of our GMs run games at strategic cons, so it's not necessarily that they're afraid of running it, but I Different think... Different thing. Right, but Different I think it's thing. that online component. A yes. lot of GMs are really nervous about running online, and having done it a couple times now, like, it's less scary, but the first time was for JackerCon. Yeah. I was terrified. I was like, 
oh my, oh my, uh, am I going to be able to like, do, like pay attention? Am I going to be able to know if they're having fun? At one point I lost one player because he just sort of like was really tired because he was like in the UK. It was literally like four <laughs> in the morning and he was drinking and he just sort of at one point slumped. And then he didn't come back. Oh, no, that character the, the, the suddenly so died right for no reason. <laughs> he was having suddenly. so much fun until, like, he just, his body Wasn't gave out I remember you, he didn't, you, didn't, you didn't hear him over the microphone aspirating vomit or anything, no. did you? Okay. <laughs> and I checked later. He was still alive. As I messaged him, he's like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it turned into I, a snuff film yeah. accidentally. <laughs> he'd, been, he'd been basically gaming all day at JackerCon. It was, like, his fourth game of the day. Oh, okay. And he was was just it like, Kurt? No. Oh, um, oh. Oh god, I don't remember who it was, but anyway, it was. But we checked the next day, and they were still alive and fine. Right. And um, but yeah, I think that's. I that would be my suggestion about this, just from like, and I love Discord, and I'm having so much fun like learning all the ins and outs of it, and it's an amazing tool. Also to reach out, yeah. Also to reach out to other people in lots of communities. There's so many great gaming communities on Discord. Uh, Um, Yes, good point, sir. Yes. but I think that might be part of it. Like, if you're going to run it on Discord, like, try and have that time where everybody's on at the same time. Yes. And, which can be totally yeah. hard. I get it. And that, I mean, that was that was difficult for us. We had one guy in, in yeah. like, Florida and someone in, like, Seattle and another guy in Texas. And I don't remember where the... I think there were two in Texas. Yeah. And then, you know, me. Mm-hmm. And I was still in the same same time zone as the Seattle guy. Mm-hmm. But we had to find a time when we could... When we could all get together and plus it's really easy to cancel yeah it's so easy because they're not they're because you're between the screen they're not real they're not right? people yeah you <laughs> can call them assholes and douchebags and yeah. do all kinds of stuff and you can cancel at the last minute because fuck it it's not a real person yeah right? that's, and that's that's, that's a great segue to what I was going to say to get back to his email which is I, I don't I think that perhaps your meta plot might be too ambitious for the time commitment that these guys can have or have because much of the stuff that they're saying is probably what your players are encountering. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to not invest. It's so easy to just, you know, show up hung or hammered or I got, look, I got to go put the kids to bed and then they never come back or they they pass out. I, I have a feeling that maybe you just should adapt to what they're doing and stop getting hung up on your meta plot. And mm-hmm. because it sounds like they're having fun, but they're not. They don't have the time to commit to the plot that you are. Right. Are giving them, or yeah. maybe even use that as a hook. <coughs> if they're picking up treasure, maybe some of that shit's cursed. Yeah, true. and use that to your advantage too. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, kudos for running something online. I mean, yeah. I uh, frankly, I've been very, very spoiled. I'm intimidated by running anything but live games now, which mm-hmm. seems like the opposite of how it should be. But I've only yeah. ever run live games where people know that it is a live thing, and it's people who are performers and want to be there. I'm terrified in some ways to run something that's not that because yeah. I'm like, oh God, what if these people are just like, well, fuck you, I'm tired, yeah. I don't want right. to be here. And I yeah. think that's what he's countering. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And, and it, it could also, that's scary. It could also be that this is just an incompatibility thing. Yeah. yeah. They got players who want the, I want to collect stuff and retire yes. wealthy, and you've got the GM who wants to try to tell a, a story with twists and turns and... Yeah. Uh, I, I also, neither the two shall meet. Before I, also, you, I want to piggyback on what you said a second ago. Okay. Um, I, you were also saying like they're having trouble tracking things. Maybe start like a Google Doc where they are writing stuff down because people are not going to remember things that they're just reading as text as much as they are like things that happen at an actual table. <laughs> so if there's a big plot point that you think, oh, they're all going to remember this, if they're just reading it, and especially if they weren't actually playing when it happened, if they're just reading it back as text. 
they they're not going to remember. So I feel like that might be also something that they're really running into. So when big things happen, have like a shared doc somewhere, um, or put a new ch- put a channel in your Discord. Put one of the th- that's just notes. Right. Assign a Samantha. At the end of every session, write a summary. Yeah. As the GM, because you're you're the one who says these are the important plot points, at least that I think are important. Yeah. And write a summary and present that to them at the beginning of the next session. Say, right. Here's what happened last time. Yeah. Plus whatever you can remember. Absolutely. <laughs> There's also. <laughs> A significant amount of people out there still who play role-playing games to get shit. Absolutely. And I started out when I was playing D&D and RuneQuest and Dragon Age and all that stuff back Dragon Quest back in the day. It was all about getting the Vorpal Sword. Dragon and Going Quest. up in levels and doing, yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever game was it was the video the game? Yeah. What was the video game called? Uh, the, the, the animated the one. The animated one, yeah. That was... Oh, oh, uh, it's not... Is it Dragon's, Dragon's Lair? Lair. Dragon's, Dragon's Lair. Lair. Dragon's Lair. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was all about getting shit and getting levels and getting strong and stuff. Uh, only recently, you know, having come back to it now in your, you know, after after adolescence and maybe once role playing games have grown up, is it's more it's more interesting to me to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So, but I I know for a fact there's still people out there that play games to get shit. I mean, I'm not going to talk about the leagues that are out there. Oh, oops. But but really, it's about gathering stuff and getting levels and sure. getting points and moving on, which and, is and totally valid if that's is. what you like. But you, as a GM, you just kind I, of... I also yeah, think that... Although that. there are GMs that like that, too. Yeah. Yes, but if you're not the kind of GM that likes that... Yeah. Then you I, al- I also think there's people out there that don't know that there's other options. That's yeah. all they know how to do. Mm-hmm. That's all they know what a role-playing game is. And they don't know to even try for maybe, a maybe court intrigue game. Well, you maybe they like listen that. to our show. But there's maybe, also they like, maybe they just like that. The, the last time that I was on here, which was my first time, one of the things that we talked heavily about was setting expectations yeah. before the game starts. Sure. Setting expectations makes a world of difference, and then you know if you're all on the same fucking page or not. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a hard one to ask, though, because usually it's like, oh, we're going to do horror. Oh, we're going to do gritty superheroes. Like, that's like a theme. Sometimes it's hard to be like, we're just going to get shit. Like, we don't just want to give them a, a checklist. Yeah. Like, Which would you like? Shit? <laughs> or character development and let them check boxes and right. whichever they, they pick more of. What's character development? What are you guys the talking fi- about? Yeah. <laughs> in, in my experience, a lot of players will lie because they're just looking for a game. Yeah. yeah. And they'll they'll say, "Oh no, yeah, I'm 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 big into story." Yeah. A lot of people can take they take what they can get because yeah. not everybody has options. Right. And that's especially true for people who are looking at online games. They're usually doing that they because... They probably don't have, don't yeah. have a, a large enough gamer community in their neighborhood. Or their time to, doesn't let it, right. like their schedule, something. Right. And the solution to that really is not to ask them whether they want role-playing. It's to do what <laughs> Stu does, which is ask them ten questions. Who's your family? Who do you mm-hmm. care for the most? What was your job? What, whatever they are. Not all of your families can be dead. Not all your family can be dead. <laughs> what? Uh, yes. That, and, and, <laughs> at least a third cousin. Uh, right. Please. Right? Give me that. Throw me a bone. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, now, because now all of a sudden they're filling this stuff out going, why is, he gonna, why is, this, in, why is this important? Yeah. I'm just going to go get a Vorpal sword. It's like, well, maybe your your evil cousin has it. And so you have Vorpal sword. All of that Vorpal sword. <laughs> but all plus uh, uh, that's how you that's how you circumvent the whole you know tick the box if you want role playing tick the box if you want to gather stuff because players don't often know it's like I just want to play man right whatever you throw at me I'm going to do and then they you realize later oh they just want to get shit well and if they haven't played an actual tabletop game before then they're going off of their other game right. experience which usually is about getting shit right yeah. right yes. And, and yeah, a lot of role playing games is about you know it was a Tappy's whole the seven keys of Entuzzler, right? Yeah. Right, and, and there's a lot of games that are based about getting shit, and they just they, people don't know that there's other ideas. You guys are playing an L five R game where there's five swords, right? The five swords of Entuzzler, and all we do is not get them and do anything. You got one. You got, you got one. 
Yeah. You should have. You, you you shat. You got off the pot. No, you you didn't get off the pot. You shat. Okay. Should I get off the pot? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. No. Yeah, it's fine. a long journey. <laughs> Are there languages involved? I'm there, with you. <laughs> there will be many twists and turns. Is it regional dialects or racial dialects? What is that? What is that? What was it? Shanghai noon. This has been a long journey. What's also it's been a long journey. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's his uh, Owen, uh, Owen Owen Wilson? Wilson. Yeah, I did, yeah. With a nose like this, I should be able to do Owen Wilson. <laughs> no, his nose has this like weird. Wow. Yeah. Polygonish <laughs> shape to it. Well, point? he has a fucking broken nose. That's why. Is that why? Like, he's, I, no, he yeah. Did a, he did oh, see, I figured they didn't put enough polygons in that no, section he, to he make it look normal. He did a lot of blow. The game developers just kind of crapped out right. when they were designing Owen Wilson. <laughs> That's so, why he's got that repeat text. Just going, wow. It's because they didn't write <laughs> enough dialogue. <laughs> so the, the, this he's condom, this he condom snorting thing. I saw a picture of someone who snorted what? a condom. Oh my! And and had it and was basically. Oh, I, I saw somebody do that in person because there was a freak show act at Not Scary Farm one year. My understanding is, is your story just sticking to it. I well. Yeah. Okay. Now, now sure. shouldn't that it's not whatever the people out there want to believe? About shouldn't me you fine. not be able to do that unless you've done a fuck ton of blow? But what if you use a neti pot regularly? Oh. I use a neti pot regularly. And and you have, a, have you tried snorting a condom stew? No, that's what I'm asking. But I still, have ha- I still have the septum, the thing a, in between. Yeah, but the, that the water still goes code. through. So, but yeah, maybe but it goes try. way to the back. Maybe, maybe you should try. No, that's all I'm saying. And record it for everyone. No, I mean, like here, it goes way. It goes way back. You can feel it when you neti pot. You can tell. But it still goes up and through. Yeah, but that that's a long condom. But maybe they aren't. Maybe they small size. I'm, I'm assuming. I see. I'm assuming that they've done a lot of blow and they've burned up their septum, and it's going in a little bit and. Whoops. I don't think that's accurate. But again, try it out, film it, and then we'll okay, judge. I'll do that. No. Well, you know what? Don't do that. Next Friday. Die. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, and that's all for no, the no, 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 not yet. Bad I, I found the lyrics. Bad influence. Oh God. I found the lyrics to yes. the song, and right. I'm going to sing them to the tune. Of She's a Whore by Stu Venable Jr. <laughs> because I don't know the tune to the song. Yes, sure. The dogs, they had a meeting. They came from far and near. They came in automobiles with a loud huzzah and cheer. But before the meeting, they were... But before upon the meeting, they were allowed to look. They had to take their assholes off and put them on a hook. That's the song. It's amazing that it's it the first scans like, a, it's like really well. It yeah. does. Well, it, yeah, right? I know. I know. That sounds like <laughs> a really bad party, though. <laughs> then in the hall, they went at once, each mother, son, and sire. But barely were they seated when someone hollered fire. And they all ran out in a rush. They had no time to look. And each one grabbed an asshole at random from a hook. I love this song. <laughs> they got their assholes all mixed up. It made them awful sore to think they did not get the one that they always had before. And that's the reason why a dog will leave a nice fat bone to go and smell an asshole in hopes he finds his own. You know, I don't remember this one from the Weird Kipling books. (laughs) That's delightful, though. And it's a recent song. Uh, I... it, there, I'm, I'm on Mudcat, which if you know, if you're a folk music person, that's like yeah. Mecca. That's where you go. Um, but I'm not seeing a credit, but I know the song is fairly recent. Yes. But 
I'm yes. so going to use what that else? if uh, Coyote ever shows up again in your games and you yes. can invite me back. It mean, could be a great Please origin do story. Do not invite <laughs> Stork back <laughs> no, to what is Werewolf it? the Wild West. What is it? I, I wanted to play a were-goat. Oh, you were going to be like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you were going to be like a were-chupacabra. Warning. 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 I, I don't know if you are going to play a were-goat. I thought oh you were going to be like a chupacabra. No, I wanted to be a were-goat. Oh, okay. I wanted to be a were-goat. <laughs> a screaming and fainting were-goat. <laughs> we're gonna do that in the offline. Okay, I okay, think, that's I think fine. We're no, I, I do have plans though. I have something that I want you to come and do because I think you would be amazing and you would throw the players for a loop and it'll be delightful. Where llama? Yes, oh that's you nailed it. You you yeah. But uh, a llama, that's there's a llama. What a lot of money llamas. Here's a llama. There's a llama. Llama llama. But how do you get to llama school? Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's thinking way too hard about it now. <laughs> okay. Are we done now? Uh, yeah. I think the screaming kind of <laughs> sealed it. I think we're done. Yeah. The, this last weekend at fair, my kids are working at the petting zoo, okay. right? And they've got goats now. Yeah. And one of the goats screams. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, everyone within 50 yards, 75 yards of the petting zoo is going, oh my God, what is that? And there's this goat going, and it literally sounds like someone's <laughs> screaming like they're falling down a fucking well. Is there an adoption form for this goat? Because I want it. Oh, my God. Well, and, and I'm with an eye shot. Yeah. We can see the place. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, and we all turn around and look at this thing. And there's this Wah! scream going on. It's higher pitch, though. It sounds like it sounds like a woman screaming. Yeah. And we go and oh, look. Oh, I would blow out everyone's ears. I won't do it. <laughs> and there is this fucking goat going. <laughs> Goats are creepy animals. I totally get now why. Like they're, you know, they're the devil. And 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 there's like <laughs> there's goat videos on 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 yeah. the world. Would that like to live deliciously? Creepy. <laughs> well, and plus the fact that their pupils I'm, are shaped like freaking. But here's the thing about that, and I actually did Goats. read the reason that they're shaped like that versus like cats, because cats <laughs> go the other way. Goats is because they're worried about um, predators that are moving up through the grasses, so that's oh. why it's shaped that way. Really? Whereas cats, it's things that are moving horizontally. Horses also have the same eye shape as goats, but they yeah. didn't have dark eyes, so you don't see it. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to have to look at a, Science a, a horse's eye. I have maybe looked at things on the internet way too long sometimes. Lonely long nights. Maybe that's why I've never been like creeped out by goat eyes because they look like horses. Goats freak me out because they have this weird, like almost hourglass-like shape to them, like sideways. Yeah, it's it's so that they can see things moving better on a vertical level. But cats, you notice, it's the opposite way. It's because they're well, looking. Well, cats' for prey. eyes are. Yeah, like but they're them. they're right. looking for prey to move horizontally. Got that's it. why it's shaped that way. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Ba da ba Why don't they just make them round and then they can see both? Uh, that's not we, we kind of, but that's what we have, and we kind of suck at everything. Yeah. We well, can't even tell if it's a barn owl or the moth. <laughs> We've done pretty well. <laughs> no, I don't think we have, sir. That's not I because of our eyes. Have. That's the thumbs. Huh? The thumbs. The, the th thumbs have a lot yeah. to do. With it. The thumbs and the big brains. It's, yes. it's thumbs so we can make like night vision goggles to find out if it's an owl <laughs> or a mothman. That's that's all. That's the only reason that we <laughs> yeah. know that. Are it they is. heavy? Then they're expensive. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. So we also um, <coughs> tomorrow yeah. is ShadowCon. ShadowCon, our new show is starting, so that will be ShadowCon. ShadowCon, and um, Gina's running that show, and she's inviting. It's not going to be one shots. It's it's. It might be one shot sometimes, but it, they're going to be guests um, coming to GM 
uh, games. They might be short campaigns. It might be like two sessions, or it could just be one. So Dear we'll see. Dear Gina, yes. that's what Gina's doing. Yeah. It's up to, to Gina. Yep, Gina's yep. entirely running that show, um, and that one's going to be twice a month. So, and that one will be on the, the second AP. and fourth Saturdays. Look is that what on she's HappyJacks.com oh, right. slash org. This so is happyjacks.org. Yeah. Sorry, happyjacks.org slash schedule. schedule. Thank you. I don't know why. Or if you just go to Happy Jacks, you, there is a little thing for schedule. And there's even a little, you have the little window too. Yeah. It's really thing. cool. You just yeah. that. It is really cool. And yeah. There? And Demigods on Sunday. Super exciting. Do yeah. the thing. Oh, yeah. Plug your, plug yeah. your, plug your show again. Oh, yeah. I'm doing the thing. In case that you forgot that I was doing a thing when you were here earlier, because you were all here earlier, correct? Yeah. Uh, so I am working on an Indiegogo campaign for Typecast, the web series. It's all about monsters in Hollywood. If you want the elevator pitch, which is Hollywood speak for compare your shit to other shit, it is Being Human Meets Extras. Right now, we're seeking funding to do an eight-episode first season. However, the nice thing about Indiegogo is we raise what we raise, and we'll make as much as we possibly can. We have a lot of cool rewards, including a perfume that is formulated to smell like our fictional full moon flakes, which is chocolate and marshmallows. Ooh. And it's one of the weirdest, coolest rewards I've ever seen on anything ever. Mm-hmm. But if you want to check it out, it is bit.ly, which is B-I-T dot L-Y slash typecast go-go. That's bit.ly slash typecast go-go. And if you can't donate, share it out because algorithms are a son of a bitch. And the more that we get stuff shared out, the more that we can expand the circles and eventually take over the universe, much well, like uh, an evil goat. Uh, yes. After after Harvey Weinstein, you got to be more specific about monsters in Hollywood. Can we uh, not? Actual monsters. All right. Yeah, these are literal, actual, like, werewolves and bog people. Yeah. And he qualifies as none of those things. He's or just maybe he trash. Yeah. Uh, I actually wanted to know how you got around to getting a scent made for you, because that sounds like a journey in and of itself. So, my friends at Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab uh-huh. have a dog <coughs> who is absolutely delightful, and she is in our proof of concept video. Yes. And when we were discussing what the backer rewards would be, they said, we can make a perfume that smells that's like so chocolate cool. and marshmallow. That is so cool. And it's a wearable <laughs> scent. Like I actually have a vial that's a sample scent, mm-hmm. and it doesn't smell like... It's not like you just took a bath in Lucky Charms. It's very wearable. <laughs> I but was going to say Cocoa Puffs. Uh, actually, our cereal... F- okay, fun mini story. Our cereal for our commercial is actually the chocolate um, pebbles. And then what we did is you can buy marshmallows in bulk online. However, you can't if they're the moon shape, which we found out. And that's a weird thing to know. So we bought two family-sized boxes of Lucky Charms, upturned them into them bowls, out. and, and sat there out. on my floor, and we picked out all of the moves, <laughs> which are at a lower mix ratio than all the other fucking shapes So you had to go get reason. more. Well, right. no, we found enough, but they were okay. precious. We had, like, a baggie of the moon marshals, and we're like, this is all that we have. We've got an eighth. Yeah. And we have to be careful about how we place them. Yeah, yeah we had an eighth of, mar- of moon marshmallows. <laughs> No, uh, that doesn't surprise me. That's <laughs> completely how Hollywood works. It's, seriously, it's every time. It's like, you know, how, you know how hard these are to get, man. But yeah, the, the scent is actually very uh, wearable. It's a it's a really nice perfume scent, and it's unusual, and it's kind of got these nice kind of cocoa and marshmallow notes to it. <laughs> and it's it really is though. It's like the fanciest cereal perfume on the face of the planet. It's so awesome. But we have it's lots of so cool stuff. Awesome. People can pay to come and uh, be a monster extra and actually get put in full makeup, right. which not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. So, but like I said, if you can't donate, which I hope you can, any amount really does help us. Share it out. Tell everyone. Scream from the street corners. Be a goat yelling at people. <laughs> Whatever it is, we need your help so that we can make some really cool shit because indie filmmaking is fucking hard. But they don't it want is. audition tapes. 
or maybe you do. Do you want? You don't want to do. Uh, please don't bring up audition tape, Stork. <laughs> I would really appreciate it if you would not do that. <coughs> Sorry, <laughs> edit that part out. No, but can we? We don't edit. No. I I, I make I, I make a really great sort of upper lord vampire if you're casting. I've got a tape. <laughs> He can send you some headshots. How does everybody <laughs> feel about Stork maybe mysteriously disappearing and never showing up again anywhere for the rest of forever? <laughs> I'm just I'm asking for a friend. I'm for just, a friend. I'm just saying I've got some headshots in case. <laughs> I headshots. That gives me an idea. Oh, I'm sorry. You got the pictures. <laughs> okay, hit the button for God's Do we like sake. double tap? No, or stop talking and <laughs> hit the button. Thank you for joining us for season 21, episode 15 of Happy Jack Harpsy yes. Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I think I'm still Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. If you want to come out to the Renaissance Fair this weekend and see us, when's our meetup? 21st? Uh, sure. It's 21st? No, no, it's not the 21st, because it's the weekend after the 28th. 28th. 28th of April, if you're in Southern California, when you come to the meetup, that's Saturday, right? Yep, that's the Happy Jacks meetup at Rogue's Reef around noonish. There you go. All right, thank you very much. We'll leave with a song. Yeah.
here's to you in a cup of English beer. And therefore make the room, man. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Go away, Baton! Why problem make when you no problem have, you don't want to make? <laughs>